This is Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Brian and Paul. Hello. Hello. Well, well, well. You would think this would be just about the time you'd all walk away from me, because as Blink-182 once said, nobody likes you when you're episode 23. <laughs> what the hell is ad? Um, I think it's ADD, Paul. <laughs> Really? That's Squirrel. not how I remember it. <laughs> well, if you missed last week's episode, you should really check it out when the fellas and I talked about alternative rock band The Foo Fighters. You can find that and all of our past episodes at www.datingourselvespodcast.com on iTunes, Google Music, and wherever you find your podcasts. Yeah, so we really appreciate our listener support. We'd like to share some of the kind words that one of our listeners has left for us on iTunes. If you'd like to leave a five-star written review on iTunes, we would love to read it as a way to say thanks. So here's this week's five-star review. It's from Aunt Marla. It says, Aunt Marla, love the Brian and Adam podcast. (laughs) <laughs> apparently aunt marla doesn't love paul <laughs> well thank you aunt marla five star reviews are always encouraged and be sure to tell your friends about dating ourselves podcast and if you're ever in town i'd you know love to grab some lunch and discuss why you left me out <laughs> but that adam and brian show it's a it's a real killer i definitely agree i look forward to that every week <laughs> oh man Well, let's get started. This week, we're going to be leading a discussion on Bill Nye, the Science Guy, a topic submitted by Eli D. of Kalamazoo, Michigan. I know Uh, him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Me too. Uh, I know him? Oh, yeah, you know him. Uh, Yes, you know him. (laughs) So just to clarify, uh, we are going to be discussing the PBS program because the category of Bill Nye, the Guy Guy... Uh, is still in the hopper so (laughs) good phrasing there brian (laughs) Uh, you you know i'm kind of a a poet by nature you know so that's that's what i aim for he's a poet and didn't know it and you know why because his toes are longfellows oh So, (laughs) so how's it feel to be back in michigan adam other than my frustrating lack of internet uh, which is a long story. It's been fantastic. It's been really nice to be back and see people and, you know, see the area again and hang out and not, you know, die of heat stroke in the 100 degree weather. So, yeah, it's been great. Uh, it's finally starting to get a little bit more settled in now that I got all my, you know, unpacking and stuff like that done. So were you always Amish? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Believe it or not, no, we were not always Amish, but we've been forced to be Amish by AT&T. Um, our internet service went out a week ago, and now they're telling us that we may have to wait another week in order to get our internet service. So I'm really hoping to get our internet back by like December. That well, would it's be good nice. that you have all those VHS tapes in the corner to get by until you know you can get back to Netflix. <laughs> and and you 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 guys think he's joking? I literally did just pull out a tub the other day of old VHS movies that I have. A lot of old Disney movies, 
uh, some old uh, bootlegged videos that a certain <laughs> someone may or may not have gotten me years ago. <laughs> that copy of the full Monty has gotten a lot of traction over the years. <laughs> were, were they uh, alphabetized and cataloged? <laughs> of course. Yeah, ex- <laughs> So I think I might know the person. Labels for those bitches. <laughs> I think I may know the person responsible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I think he kind of outed himself already. <laughs> I figure it's past. It's I, a VHS tape. It's past the statute of limitations. Right, I, right. I think. I think the I used to label those bitches was a dead giveaway as to who that <laughs> belonged to. <laughs> well, uh, moving on. <laughs> for everybody uh, that's listening from home. Uh, Adam and Paul are actually having a kumbayotic experience right now, uh, recording in adjacent rooms to one another at Paul's house. So we are. Hopefully, we can get the uh, the internet situation figured out in Amish country, which is Adam's house. <laughs> but but in the yeah, meanwhile, <laughs> weird Yoder showed up today, and <laughs> he was wearing a uh, or he had his uh, little buggy and showed up to our house today and started doing work around the house. Actually, it wasn't all that bad. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Well, remember, we will pick next week's topic at the end of the episode. It will be Nostalgia Combat. Nostalgia Combat! Me and Netscape versus Adam and the Animorphs, which sounds like an awesome Saturday morning cartoon show. Or a really yeah. cool 60s doo-wop band. Damn right. <laughs> we will also visit Fun our fact, old friend. I'm taking that. <laughs> Adam and the Look Animorphs. Look out for Adam and the Animorphs coming to a town near you. What's your first signal going to be? Um, don't go changing to try and please me. <laughs> you never let me down before. <laughs> We will also visit our old friend, the Hopper of Imagination, to get another topic for Brian. But first, Brian, tell us why science rules. Well, science rules. And that's just, that's it. So thanks for joining us this <laughs> well, week, guys. Thanks. No, uh... <laughs> Short episode today, guys. We're real done. Short, we'll see short. you later. So... William Sanford Nye, most popularly known as Bill Nye the Science Guy, he was born November 27, 1955 in Washington, D.C. His PBS program, Bill Nye the Science Guy, uh, was really instrumental in terms of a lot of our middle school and elementary school science lessons and things like that, or any day we had a sub, you would definitely frequently see a TV be rolled in on a big cart to play one of Bill Nye and his crazy antics and exploring experiments and things. His mom was a World War II codebreaker. Oh, his, wow. wow. His, yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, and his dad uh, was a contractor building airstrips over on uh, Wake Island. Hmm. Studied mechanical engineering at Cornell. So he is a, a Cornell graduate, Mr. Bill Nye. Um, and for everyone who's ever, yeah, for anyone who's never been to Cornell, I got to say that Ithaca is gorgeous. Get it? Gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. You can't see it, but my hand is so far over my head. I bumped it on the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you did that because you're at an astronomical level, which is kind of where Bill Nye's major interest in science began as he had a a class with Carl Sagan, uh, as the, as the professor, it was an astronomy course, and that really piqued his interest in science outside of just engineering. 
I thought uh, for sure you were going to say gym class. <laughs> Carl Sagan, yeah, the, the PE teacher. <laughs> <laughs> that actually does sound kind of like a uh, a PE teacher's name, Coach Carl Sagan. <laughs> it kind of sounds like, you know, almost like Saget or Seeger, kind of a combination, you know? Ooh. Um, Was this yeah, post-Cosmos? Um, I don't think so. I think this would have been pre-Cosmos, but... Um, that would have been right around the time he would have graduated, I think. So, hmm. so once again, very instrumental. Um, he really kind of wanted to be the next either Carl Sagan or kind of a Mr. Wizard, kind of a combination of the two, bringing science into people's homes through the television and teaching them how to think more critically and, and have a love and passion for science. But... In the meantime, he got an engineering job at Boeing in Seattle. And during that time, he wow. did a lot of volunteer work, educational work, even did uh, local sketch comedy. But a lot of his work was working with kids and things like that. And so he really started to get some interest in, in kind of giving back to the community in that way. Do you guys know what his first TV appearance was? SCTV? Question mark? Um, God, I I heard this at one point, and I'm completely blanking out. I'm going to say um, Barney. No, no. Both good <laughs> guesses, but actually the 1991 to 1993 animated series of Back to the Future, um, oh, the nice. end of every single episode would have the real Doc Brown played by Christopher Lloyd and his friend, Bill Nye, the science guy. And he would come in and demonstrate how to do different science experiments that, you know, you could do from your own home with regular, you know, kitchen ingredients and things like that. Uh, Was he less awesome. condescending than Mr. Wizard? I, I I would imagine so. It's been a long time since I've seen Mr. Wizard, but uh, I, I would imagine. Um, <laughs> so, like I mentioned, Doc... Brown was played by Christopher Lloyd during those live segments, but during the cartoon segments, he was played by a guy by the name of Dan Castellaneta. Is that how you say it? Dan yes. Oh, yeah, Dan Castellaneta, voice yeah. of Homer Simpson. Yeah, Homer Simpson, Earthworm Jim, the genie from the Aladdin animated series, not the motion picture. And then he had a whole bunch of other characters other than Homer, such as Grandpa, Mayor Quimby. Pretty Barney, much our childhood. Barney, Barney Gumble. So basically, anyone that Hank Azaria didn't play was played by. Uh, was played by this Dan. Is true. So yeah. So after that, like I mentioned, Nye really wanted to kind of be the next Mister Wizard, uh, which was a show that ran from 1951 to 1990. So right about the time that Bill Nye kind of stepped into this new direction, he started working at the Seattle Public Access KCTV. And he was doing public broadcasting from Seattle. And that's kind of how his show got picked up on a national level. And it got played around the same time that Magic School Bus, Reading Rainbow, all those other really popular PBS programs from, from our childhood. And then the one that we had already talked about in the past, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, those all kind of from the similar time. How do you say that and not sing the theme song? <laughs> I, I just think the warrant over and over in my head. <laughs> um, but the the show itself, Bill Nye the Science Guy, really covered a lot of different topics. It didn't stick to just one particular type of science, ranging from biology to geology, chemistry, volcanology, astronomy. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. 
Never did astrology, but that's not really a science. Um, and then, uh, of <laughs> you course, physics. Me. Yeah, <laughs> physics and simple mas- machines were also a pretty common theme as well on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what do you guys think, Bill Nye? T- tell me about your experience with Bill Nye and how he impacted your childhood. Well. I remember getting up every morning and watching Mr. Wizard before school because it was on Nickelodeon at like 6.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say I hated it because I did really enjoy it. But even back then, Mr. Wizard was kind of a dick. Like he was very <laughs> condescending to the students that he had with him. And he always seemed to have kids that like they weren't well rehearsed and the segments were kind of like... It just, it, I always got the impression that they just kind of were off the cuff and it wasn't like planned out. Whereas sure. Bill Nye was a very well produced show for starting. As, did it start as public access or was it just aired on PBS? Yeah, it started as literal public access in Seattle and then it was picked up by PBS from 1993 to 1998. And then after that, Disney bought it and ran the reruns. They didn't produce any new episodes to the best of my knowledge. But that's the biggest thing that always sticks with me. It was just very well produced from the music to the clips to the experiments to the comedy. It it was very clear that they were really trying to get they were trying to make learning fun as yeah. opposed to throwing ice cubes in a glass and then slapping kids hands when they spilled water on the counter. <laughs> I feel like you've seen this episode, this particular clip, a couple times of Mr. Wizard. It comes up on Facebook quite a bit on some of the groups I follow. And maybe it's, you know, making me remember it different because I've seen the negative clips more than the positive. But yeah, I don't know. I'd... He was kind of a crotchety old man by the time we would have been watching the show. Cause... That's true. I've never <laughs> it seen it started in the... Mr. Wizard. It started in like the 50s, like older than either of my parents because oh, they were both born in 55 and 56 respectively so and yeah <laughs> that show started in 51 so so by the time like 88 89 rolled around he was he was an old geezer and yelling at kids and slapping them and telling them to get off his lawn and all that good <laughs> stuff <laughs> he kept their baseball too <laughs> <laughs> I bet he did. <laughs> Never gave it back. Never gave it back. Although I wish all the old guys could be like that old guy from that Six Flags commercial. Do you guys remember that? From like oh early, yeah, early two thousand. Oh, super creepy. That guy always sketched me out. He had like the giant suit that he wore. <laughs> yeah. What was the name of the? I know it was We Like to Party. Was that the Vega Boys? Something like that. The, I think Ve- it was. Vega Boys. I think. Vega Boys. Yeah, that's what Venga it was. Vega Boys. I, yeah. I just remember the song that we like to party. Like to party. We yeah, like to we like I think to the party. The Vega Boys is a is a fanboy group for Street Fighter characters that wear masks. But... Uh-huh. <laughs> so what about you, Adam? The new Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Adam? What do you think about Bill Nye, and what are some memories that you have? I love Bill Nye. I actually remember first discovering Bill Nye through our. It was either fourth. It must have been fifth grade teacher science teacher we would always watch the episodes in our science class you know that that was back in the days where they actually had the tv on the cart and as soon as you saw the tv on the cart get wheeled in there you knew it was bill nye day and you were really excited it was going to be a good day (laughs) yeah exactly so that was mostly my memory of bill nye i honestly don't know that i watched that much of the show outside of class just because I 
wasn't a frequenter of PBS as a kid. And so I probably missed it quite a bit. I do remember watching, you know, episodes occasionally if I'd catch it as I was flipping through or whatever. Sure. So most sure. of my memories come from watching it in class, but I always really liked it. And looking back, you know, I have a lot of respect for him and the the things he's done since then and the stuff he did back then. It's it's amazing how accessible he made science to little kids. Definitely. Definitely. Um yeah, so some of the different reoccurring uh, formats within the episodes, there definitely was kind of at least one, if not multiple, experiments that you could try from home. Basically, every single episode was a specific topic. Um, so they had like an episode on germs, for example, or they had an episode, like Paul mentioned, on dinosaurs or the eyeball, you know, and then they would do different experiments to kind of show like, oh, this is how, you know, your eye receives light and processes images. And this is something you can do from home and make your own prisms. And isn't that neat? There's a whole lot of different things like that that I thought was really engaging. And a lot of times teachers could basically steal that. It's like, well, now you've watched some kids do that on Bill Nye. Now you could do your own for the next twenty minutes. Ta-da! Like yeah. that—that—that's a day in the day in the life. One of my favorite aspects of the show, and I think because we've had this topic kind of geared up for weeks now, and I just keep getting all the trivia questions wrong, um, is the theme song is still just as iconic as it was. I think it goes right up there with that Carmen Sandiego, just super earworm catchy. Oh, absolutely. I actually, occasionally, my students down in Texas would, you know, say, you know, I'd hear them say science rules or whatever, or Bill Nye, the, you know, uh, the Bill Nye, the science guy, Bill, Bill, Bill. Like, it was, it's something that's kind of intergenerational, I guess. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I was just going to say, I I actually still watch it. Um, I, As Adam alluded to earlier, I used to have this creepy habit when I was a kid that I recorded everything on VHS <laughs> off of TV. And I mean everything, and I categorized it and saved it. And if you've seen some of my Paul videos, you'll notice bookcases behind me that are just littered with VHS tapes that I haven't transferred to DVD or other formats yet. And I have every single episode of Bill Nye, and it took me years to get the PBS reruns to get them all recorded. Wow. <laughs> and so I watch it with my kids on a regular basis, and at you know ages four and six, they absolutely love it. And the biggest thing that, like, the theme song was great, but one of the things that I loved about the show is whenever they had a topic that required, had a, had something that required memorization, like they did the recycling episode with, you know, I, now I can't remember, but like, uh, what is the, th what are the three R's of recycling? It's like reuse, uh, something, recycle. Wrecked him. Damn near killed him. <laughs> that might, but that they might would be they would do songs in order to get those points to stick in your head and they would do not every episode but quite a few and that was one of my favorite parts and they would always take like a popular song of that time and do a parody of it well that was something i actually had a few different examples written down here because that was actually one of my favorite aspects as well and the three of us all being kind of huge Weird Al Yankovic fans, it's no surprise that the parodies in Bill Nye were also interesting to us. But it's just some really, like, I was going through the list, and these were ones that like, I could actually remember the tune as soon as I saw their name. 
Mm-hmm. So there's one called Two Eyes by the Eye Doctors, which is in the eyeball <laughs> episode, and that's supposed to be Two Princes by the Spin Doctors. There's my favorite one was Rocks Rock Harder by the Sedimentary Fools, you know, like <laughs> sedimentary rocks. Uh, and that's basically like a basket case by Green Day song in the soil episode. Adam's in My Life was uh, by by Third Nye Blind was, uh, <laughs> was Semi-Charmed Life, you know, by Third Eye Blind. And then Just Wash Your Hands by Dose of Soap in the Germs episode was Don't Turn Around by Ace of Base. But there's a whole <laughs> bunch of really great ones. There was a uh, Foo Fighters one, if I remember correctly. Um, I, I remember there was a Soundgarden one for sure. There, there was one... I, I vaguely remember him doing one on This Is a Call by the Foo Fighters. Let me see if I can do oh, it. Like, that, oh, you mean the parody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That definitely yeah. could be. Um, yeah, if you want to look that up. But I know that there is an episode where he's in Seattle um, with Soundgarden. And uh, they're recording their song Kickstand, which is a fairly popular song off of off of... What album is that? Super Unknown. So the same album that Black Hole Sun and Fell on Black Days and everything is on, um, which is pretty cool, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of one of my all time favorite bands. So definitely, definitely awesome. Oh, uh, oh yeah, they did. Uh, they also, I just found it on their episode about pressure. They did a song called Pressure, which was a parody of Spoon Man by Soundgarden. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then I'm I'm still. You guys can keep uh, going. I'll I'll find this uh, Foo Fighters one here in a second. So, do you have a favorite episode in particular, Brian? That's a really great question. Um, I think probably one of my all-time favorite ones was the one where they were with Soundgarden, but I also love the one that they did with Light and the the different spectrums and things like that. I can't remember anything super specific out of that episode other than explaining how light is broken down. I remember that being super mind-blowing as like a 11 or 12-year-old, like, wow, like every little bit of light coming out of this like random like white light bulb in my kitchen is actually thousands of different particles of all different, you know, waves and things like that. I always thought that was super cool. What about you, Paul? My favorite episode was one on buoyancy. Ah, buoyancy's a good one. And the it it was one of the earlier episodes. I don't remember the number, but I know it was like in the first year. But I do have to say the reason I loved it is because they had a car that would float on water and they were using it to demonstrate different principles of buoyancy. And um I just thought that was the coolest thing because it was like a like a 1950s style car with the fins almost like a Thunderbird and he just drives it into a lake and it sits for a second and then it takes off like a boat. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I always thought that like the human body was really interesting as a kid and I know we were pretty fortunate to be able to dissect different animal organs and things like that when we were in school like we got to do an eye like a cow's eye and a sheep's stomach or something like that we had to fight sean connery away from trying to take a bite of it but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the different episodes about like digestion and the eye and um, the heart and things like that i always thought were really fascinating too Um, Mm -hmm. what about you adam do you have any particular favorite topics that he covered 
the episode on the planets I always really liked. You know, I've always been, even though I'm a history nerd, I've always been fascinated about space. And so any of the episodes he did about space were always really interesting to me, especially the planets and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I did find that, by the way. It, it, the episode was about spiders, and they did a parody of This is a Call by the Foo Fighters. His band was called the Foo Spiders, S-P-I-G-H-T-E-R-S, and uh, it was called This is a Spider's Life. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. yeah I also to- did see uh, they have one that was called the Amph amphidelic mothership metamorphosis by the pea swamp all-stars with dj hoppy which was a uh, parody of uh, george clinton in the p-funk all-stars <laughs> <laughs> i would have to go back and listen to that one i mean they're they're really terrific and the music videos were super 90s and i always thought they oh, yeah. were very fun <laughs> yeah so I don't really know what else to, to say about Bill Nye exactly other than the show was uh, extremely popular. And I think for a lot of people that really kind of got them interested in science. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you guys remember Beekman's World? Yeah. That sounds familiar. I, 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 I'm going to have to look it up. I, I can't place it visually. So Beekman's World was a CBS Saturday morning show, which was pretty much a direct ripoff of Bill Nye. Yeah. Um, oh, it featured yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Beekman and his friend who was a rat, and it was a larger man in a rat suit. And I can't think of the rat's name, but what, out of all the shows that I recorded, I've only recorded one episode of Beekman's World. My kid of kids have watched it 1,000 times. <laughs> it's basically just snow at this point, and you can kind of see what's going on. <laughs> But I was just curious if you guys remembered that. And do you think their intention was to compete directly as in a ratings perspective? Because PBS had Bill Nye on in really weird time slots because it was often, you know, recorded and then rebroadcast. So do you think that they were just trying to pull kids in or do you think it was part of uh, that was during the period when the government was giving grants for educational programming and they started to do TV ratings? What are, what's your feeling on that? Do you think they were trying to steal from Bill Nye and PBS, or do you think they were just trying to go after that money? So it's actually kind of funny that you mentioned that, because according to Wikipedia, the show debuted a year prior to Bill Nye the Science Guy, which covered similar really? topics. Mm. Um, and the show's host, Paul Zaloom, still performs as Beekman in live appearance, uh, appearances around the globe. So, yeah, so... I think maybe at that point there may have been just the regular public access version of Bill Nye, but the actual network version of Beekman's World actually came out before anyone else would have even heard about it. That's crazy. I did not know that. September 16, 1992 on TLC, says says Wikipedia. Hmm. Back when TLC actually meant the Learning Channel and not... You know, watching episodes of what was it, so, uh, John and Kate plus eight and all that crap. Nineteen kids and counting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, what's her name? Honey Boo Boo. Oh God. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. but yeah, I think I think Bill Nye was uh, was definitely cool, and he had a lot of really interesting guests on the show. Like I mentioned, Soundgarden was one of my favorites. But I remember, I think it was in the buoyancy episode. Then they go to like some type of maybe it wasn't the buoyancy episode, but they went to a pool and they had like like this like submersible robot thing i remember oh yeah they they kind of had navigate around the floor of the pool and they were showing how that worked i don't know if that was maybe 
at NASA might, or something like that. That yeah, I was just gonna say that might have actually been the neutral buoyancy lab at NASA. Yeah, because I, I vaguely remember that being on there and being pretty cool. Although I know that you know reading Rainbow and Mister Rogers and a whole bunch of other shows went on adventures like that too. But I always felt like his were pretty cool. Yeah. You know, even though he was a, a scientist and kind of nerdy, I always felt like he had a much cooler persona than some of the other. Like, he actually seems like a cool dude in real life. Right, right. <laughs> so. Well, I know my brother-in-law had a chance to interview him a few years ago because he works for a college TV station. And um, I won't give away any names or schools, but he, he, told, he told us the story and then showed us a picture where he was trying to like sneakily take a selfie with him with Bill Nye standing in the background. And Bill saw what he was doing, ran up to him, grabbed his phone and proceeded to snap the selfie himself. That's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> so by all accounts of people I know who have met him, he is a really cool guy in real life. Very cool. That's always good that to I've, hear. <laughs> I, I've, always, I've always felt like him and, uh, I was going to say Neil Patrick Harris. That was way off. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what's the uh, other real famous like astrophysicist? Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes. Yeah. I was going to let you struggle for a minute just to see how long it would go. <laughs> yeah, Barry, Barry Bostwick. Um... <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michelangelo Badio. Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, Bill Nye and, and uh, Neil, I was always, I was almost going to say Patrick Harris, DeGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Those two seemed uh, seem like they're really cool people in real life, which is awesome because they you know are – very popular people, but they're also, you know, really intelligent and, and very important people in society. Yeah. I have mad respect for anyone that drops a rap diss track on Flat Earthers. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, oh, I actually uh, was fortunate enough to see Neil deGrasse Tyson speak at a... Uh, in Washington, D.C., he came and it was right at the height of like the Cosmos thing that he did with what's his name, Seth MacFarlane and stuff like that. So that was, oh, yep. it was really cool to see him speak. And he had a lot of really interesting stuff to talk about. I think one of the most fascinating things that he had to talk about was, without getting too political, talking about how certain ideologies can sometimes prevent creative thinking because of the Nobel Prize. Peace Prize winners, almost every single one of the winners has either been of uh, Jewish or Christian faith, but where most innovation has come from before, like, you know, anywhere 1,000, 1,500 years ago, all came from the Muslim world. You know, we have Ar mm -hmm. Arabic numbers and, you know, a lot of the different advancements the came. The concept of zero. Came from that part of the world. And then mm -hmm. they kind of, you know, there was kind of this new change in the way that people think that, you know, we don't want to question the way things are, we want to accept things the way they are. And that kind of has stagnated that type of development, where other societies that was similar to the, the Dark Ages or the Middle Ages uh, in Europe, where, you know, you didn't question anything, you just did what you did. And then the Renaissance <laughs> came after that, where people started thinking about stuff and, and looking at things more critically. And that's where you got the explosion in physics and art and architecture and, and and so many other things astrophysics yeah yeah astroturf the, maybe yeah 
Actually, uh, AstroTurf, a- AstroTurf was a development of the Houston Astros. Oh, interesting. Hence the reason why it's called AstroTurf. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, I remember, like, I had heard it called AstroTurf for years and never really thought much about it. I just thought that was the name of it or whatever. And then one day, when I was living down in Texas, one day I was sitting down there, and it was, like, completely out of left field. I was like, oh, my God, I get why they call it that. Quite literally out of left field. He was at the (laughs) ballgame at the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah, seriously. (laughs) Yeah, because the the first building that ever had AstroTurf was the Astrodome in Houston, Texas. That's awesome. Yeah. I wondered how they keep the grass so green when it's, you know, pretty much death heat all year round. <laughs> hey, pretty easy to keep it green when it's died to be green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my grandparents, uh, when they were still around, they lived out in Arizona and everyone had rocks for yards instead of grass. And there was oh, always yeah. like one person in every neighborhood of like 100 houses that would spray paint those rocks green. Uh, so that one, it's like, yeah, remi- reminds me of my home in Wisconsin, you know, just gonna spray paint this green. Um. You're not fooling anybody, Bill. <laughs> we know that's rocks. Just because it's green doesn't mean it looks like grass. <laughs> but yeah, guys, any uh, any final thoughts on on Bill Nye the Science Guy? Bill Nye the Science Guy rules. That's all I got to say. Science is a property of matter. Well, inertia is, but it's fine. It's fine. Oh, right. Inertia is a property. Damn it! <laughs> uh, that's a good way to end, right there. <laughs> so I guess that- I love you, Aunt Marla. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that wraps up our discussion on the educational programming masterpiece, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Now we are moving on to Nostalgia Compact! Nostalgia Compact! I was taking a drink at the wrong time, and now it just, you know, feels out of place. (laughs) (laughs) For shame, Paul. For shame. So I have uh, come up with a trivia question for my co-host to answer. Whoever is closest will get to lead their chat next week. Adam has Animorphs, and Paul has Netscape. Are you guys ready? It is Adam and the Animorphs. Yes, Adam and the Animorphs. Coming to a town near you. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So one of the most famous ad campaigns was the Budweiser Frogs. It yeah. was a Budweiser. Yeah, yeah. It was a Super Bowl commercial. What year did that commercial debut? Oh, God. I'm going to say 95. Okay. Adam? I'm going to say 97. Paul would be correct. Nail in the head. 1995. Nail in the head, not on the head. No, no, right right square in the dome. Nail in the head. (laughs) 1995. Paul Paul, Paul now looks like Adam Sandler's boss from Billy or from uh, Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. (laughs) You can hardly notice it, Paul. (laughs) If there would have been a tiebreaker, I think this is fun uh, Simpsons trivia. 
The Budweiser frogs had a cameo on The Simpsons where they were eaten by a crocodile. What does the crocodile say after eating them? Oh, gosh. Hmm? Anyone know? I was going to say burp, but I don't remember. I don't remember either. I remember that that clip vividly. I just don't remember what he says. Duff? Coors. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. All right. (laughs) All right. So there you have it. Paul is the winner. He'll be guiding us through the hedge maze of Netscape <laughs> Next Navigator. Yeah. I, I, was just, I was trying to figure out a way to make that more interesting, but yeah, Netscape is about as interesting as it gets. <laughs> you guys are going to be riveted for that episode, I'm sure. I'll make it fun. And by fun, Aunt Marla will love it. Oh, pa- Paul is on a vendetta to get Aunt Marla's love now. <laughs> so I still have the topic of Animorphs in my pocket. Now we are going to run over to the Hopper of Imagination to get Brian a new topic. That's right, folks. Some traveling music, if you Yeah, please. and we want to remind all of our listeners that if you have a topic you'd like uh, us to discuss, you can submit those like Eli from Kalamazoo did, www.datingourselvespodcast.com. And speaking of Eli, shout out to Eli. I haven't seen that guy in like 10 years, so good to hear your name again, Eli. All right, are we ready? Yep. Ready as ever. All right. Three categories. They are television show, celebrity, video game. Oh. Can I, can I, uh, get a, Part of speech <laughs> used in a sentence. Uh, hmm. Internet enabled video game. <laughs> I think I am going to have to go with celebrity. You've just chosen the brother of the Undertaker, Kane. Kane. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. So very cool. Big red machine. That's right. That's right. So <laughs> next time, folks, uh, Paul is going to be chatting about. Netscape Navigator. I now have the topic of Kane. Adam has the topic of Animorphs. Thanks so much for joining us on Dating Ourselves. And if you like what you heard, there's more to come. You can check us out at www.datingourselvespodcast.com to learn more about us and the show. And you can check out our Contact Us tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics. You can also send us submissions at datingourselvespodcast.aol.com. We've We've got got mail. mail. Oh. In addition to iTunes, you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Google Music, and wherever podcasts are downloaded. We post additional content on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash dating ourselves podcast. If you're on Instagram, you can find us at dating ourselves podcast. And we do the Twitter thing too, at dated podcast. And remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for Life Alert, you've just been dated. See ya. Later, guys. Bye. Bye.